Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning. Today my guest is Jean Doe Massaero, an Alexander Technique teacher in Montpelier, France. This is the 12th in our series of podcasts that are largely devoted to the influence of Francois Delsart on F. Matthias Alexander and the Alexander Technique. Uh, we've taken a little detour in the last podcast and in this one in the sense that we're talking mainly about Delsart himself. We, In our previous podcast, we kind of went through his teaching uh, career. And we're going to talk today about what Jean Doe refers to as the hidden or undiscovered Delsart um, ideas. And uh, without further ado, welcome Jean Doe. Hello. Hello. And tell tell us what these uh, hidden things are, and that that apparently very few people know about. Is that correct? I think I think very few people know about, and uh, I've not seen any practice. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, the devised uh, through these principles, and I think uh, we Alexander teacher could really benefit from from these uh, from these principles. And uh, my take on this and my work has been to uh, create procedures, to create forms of experiment that help us to, in fact create something that uh, that follows the principle of Delsart. Mm -hmm. What is Eden? Is, uh, well, if you wanted to make a summary, you would say that um, Delsart was uh, very, very interested in mechanisms. And uh, he is very interested in what he called vocabularies. Mm -hmm. uh, vocabularies of movement, for example, an action coding system. So you could use... Uh, well, instructions, sentences in English in order to describe very, very, very precise movements of the different parts of the organism. And you could use language also uh, in order to, in fact, coordinate these different movements. This is the, the start of the conscious guidance and control of the mechanism of the torso. Mm -hmm. that I teach nowadays, how, in fact, we can make and, and build a bridge between language and action so that uh, language will direct precisely actions and we can also consciously control uh, the result of action to see if the result of action conform with the plan that has been initially represented Mm -hmm. So that is uh, that is really Delsart uh, idea. So I will just give you um, a, a quote from him in mm -hmm. 19, in 1858. So he's talking about the, the gestural training, and he uses um, a very interesting analogy. He says the art of the architect consists not only to know the number and the nature of the element of construction but to model these forms in such a way that they are dovetailing constructor structure in all aspects similar to the plan initially represented. So is, so is that, uh, I, I, when I hear that, I think of architectural drawings. 
Well, well, yes, you think you're you're thinking about conscious guidance and conscious control. Right. I mean, architect has an idea for a building, a design, and he yes. creates drawings and prompt maybe even some instructions about what kind of materials to use, yes. that sort of thing. He how to use from them together? how to put them together. So he's giving a complete plan that if he were to die tomorrow, someone else could take and create the building for him, right? Exactly. Okay. So you can replace the word uh, plan uh, mm -hmm. by conception. Mm -hmm. you know? Remember that Alexander insists that uh, the first thing in all uh, movements in, when you want to change a habit is the conception. So here, you translate that by plan, and you know that with language, you can use a, a language of uh, a spatial language, visuospatial language, that can, in fact, depict very, very clearly exactly what you want to see in the mirror. So, you have to understand that you are the architect. Your pupil is going to be an architect. Mm -hmm. that, was the, that was the Del Sartre plan. He would not mold the student to a form with his hands. He would give the means to the student to direct himself, his own movements, and to check in the mirror if the plan that was initially represented was there or not. And if it was not, all the better, because there the student will reason how to change his guidance in order to produce a different output that was more, that was closer and in all aspects similar to the plan. And the key there would be using visual feedback from mirrors, right? Exactly. And, and I think, of course, Alexander, we, we know, used mirrors. <clears throat> but the key, the, it seemed, seems like it's not just mirrors, but it's mirrors showing you from unfamiliar angles. It's, it's pretty helpful, too. Yes, exactly. So, so in that, from what you've just said, it's not so much that Adel, that Del Sartre was an architect of a building or analogous to that. It's more like the analogy is more to an architect who's training other architects to make buildings. That's exactly the point. Yeah. Yes. So this would be a teacher of architects. Yes. A professor at an architectural school is going to turn out architects who can then create the designs that would could be translated into buildings. Exactly. Wow, okay. So that was Del Sartre's... Would you say, in a way, that that, that's, that was Del Sartre's mission? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, it's written in that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. And just a, a brief aside, maybe it's not an aside, do you think to some extent... Alexander took that on. Well, I'm sure he took that on at the well uh, in these first uh, maybe ten years of teaching. Mm -hmm. It was clear that uh, conscious guidance and control are words that have a meaning. You know, mm -hmm. there is no conscious guidance when you mold somebody to your own will, mm -hmm. not to his will. 
in himself, you know. Mm -hmm. So the conscious guidance can only be uh, that you project a conception in your own mind, that you create it in your own mind, and then you you see in the mirror if you're if you're in fact performing it or not, if you are projecting it or not, and then you understand the sentence by Alexander where he says that conscious guidance and control is not uh, a plane to be reached. It's something that is in the building all the time. You can always compare your production to the different part movements of the part of your torso and check in the mirror to see where you are. And mm -hmm. so, in that way, you, are, you understand why Alexander always referred to reasoning as a way to improve conscious guidance, because you mm -hmm. reason. When you see that uh, your construction is not according to plan, then you can reason how to change your own guidance so um, that's why I think there is a misunderstanding of uh, one great sentence. It's not conscious guidance and control of the body that Sartre was talking about. It's conscious guidance and control of the mind. Mm -hmm. You remember that Sartre was a, a devoted Christian and he, in, he, his idea is that the soul has to be perfected. That the soul, for example, the memory has to be perfect. So there, the, in the Haydn del Sartre, there was a big thing on memory. His mm -hmm. students were learning by heart the instruction. They were copying all the time. And they were, in fact, repeating all the time. So memory has been... Well, it's quite strange that in the Alexander Technique, for example, there is very, very little effort in the school, in the training school, to train the student's memory. But Alexander is very clear that uh, the process of projecting direction is, uh, is uh, directly united with memory, as in Delsart training. Mm -hmm. And also the understanding. So that's the second part of the Eden, the Eden Delsa, mm -hmm. the understanding. So there is a very, very important uh, um, work that Delsa did about how to uh, create signification, how to create um, understanding out of a sentence, out of a written sentence. So and that, yeah. Okay. So. Um, another way, or sort of maybe just a, a summary of what you've just said, is Del Sartre was really interested in what could be called spiritual development. Yes. And he was, his focus, or one of his focuses, was how to use your physical mechanism to to produce that spiritual development, to enhance the soul, I guess, as he would say, right? Yes, exactly. Because, in fact, for him, uh, you could judge the tree by its fruits. Mm -hmm. So you could judge the soul by the, the movements of so, the different parts of the body. So, um, you know, earlier we talked about Del Sartre coming up with this gestural system in order to help actors and singers... Uh, display emotions more effectively, to be more effective at what they were doing. And he wasn't really all that interested in the beneficial effects of that in their everyday lives. It sounds a little like we could make the same kind of statement here. Yes, you're going to use your body to uh, improve your spirit, to, to develop your soul, 
and that's the real aim and yeah you might end up being able to move more easily and all the rest of it that Alexander teachers like to talk about today but that wasn't really the most important thing for him it's a byproduct you're it's, right it's a, absolutely it, it's a it's it's kind of a step towards a bigger thing yes and uh, in the, uh, the now the, I, I want to talk about the understanding and the conception um Delsart was very, very keen on deconstructing mechanism, seeing how mechanism were working. So there are laws that have not been really explored. It's, I, I, I call the principle of uh, what he called the static, the fact that uh, uh, we are a stacking system. We've mm -hmm. got bones that can, in fact, uh, transmit the forces, the weight and the reaction from the floor. And so Delsart studied really in depth what could be a, um, a real system of equilibrium how to relate the different uh, parts together, how to have enough weight on both sides of the point of uh, contact with the floor. He was, he was a biomechanician way, way in advance of his time. Mm -hmm. His writing are testimony to that. And he studied not only the stacking system that many Alexander teachers have tried to, uh, well, to represent in their writings, but also what we call the antagonistic action result, which is that in certain organization, new properties of the muscular system appear. Nowadays, we know that it's about uh, the elastic response of the uh, um, what we call lengthening contraction that produces elastic uh, spring mechanism in the body. Mm -hmm. And Delsart was well aware of it which is uh, astonishing nowadays. Could, could, we, could we say, yeah. to get back to, to the architecture analogy for a moment, yeah. that it might be like an, uh, he, if an architect is designing a cathedral yeah. uh, that is designed to, to have a spiritual role in the world, right? You know, designed to be uplifting and inspire people and all that sort of thing right yeah that's what he he's he's doing and in order to do that he's got to get down in the weeds of structure yes he can't he can't just have a little sketch of a cathedral and and hand it to someone and, <laughs> yes. and say i'd like you to make that he has to understand has to understand basically mechanical engineering ideas right yes. um material science ideas i mean he has to really get into the into the weeds in order to produce this this uh, wonderful structure and his interest is in the wonderful structure and the other stuff is in just in service to that exactly yes but of course, someone could come along, as I, I, I think a lot of people today might be inclined to, and say, that's great. I'm really more interested in the, in, in the less important part of that, the structure part. 
Yes, but they would make a mistake because you, know, you have to understand that in order to change your conception of movement, you have to use your soul, your mind and will in a different way. You have mm-hmm. to learn to combine movement. You have to learn what, what Alexander called concerted activity, not one thing after the other. But you have to understand the simultaneity of movements in order for the torso to, in fact, present the uh, experience that we are talking about on your own, mm-hmm. not done by someone else, but mm-hmm. done by yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's only by, uh, in fact, uh, a joint training of the mind and the will that you can reach, where uh, Alexander certainly uh, um, found his, his own salvation or his own uh, creation of his own, uh, of his own balance, and where Del Sartre himself, well, transformed every single habit of body and mind that he had. Mm-hmm. So you you can't. It's it's impossible to separate really uh, the means from the from the hand here. Mm-hmm. So it's really conscious guidance and control of the mind. Without that, if you're mm-hmm. just interested in improving your your balance, well, uh, I'm afraid it will not work. Right. But that that train that mind training that you're talking about. And I do think most Alexander teachers today would agree that the Alexander technique is a mental, kind of a mental training, right? I think that would be pretty well agreed upon. But yeah. you might, you could still say, hey, I want to do the mental training, and I know it's going to involve my conscious mind and all the rest of it, but I have no spiritual interest in anything. I'm, I ultimately would like to be able to think more clearly and move more clearly, more effectively. Oh, yes, but there is a a misunderstanding here. Because of the inclination of Del Sartre toward the mystical, uh, we tend to think that soul is only, to improve your soul is a mystical or uh, like, um, uh, is only uh, in the realm of faith and things like that. But not at all. Replace soul by cognition. Mm Mm-hmm. And you will get to, well, we start with a low cognition. So all our conceptions are based on what we feel. We are, uh, we are devoted to the feeling we have and we believe in the feeling we have. But suddenly um, enters Del Sartre and you realize that uh, all this is not trustworthy. All or, this is not or, helping you to create a, a structure that responds to your wish. Or, so, or enter yeah. Alexander and come on. Or and, yeah, the same thing. Yeah. And exactly. I think I think if you read, I mean, I haven't read Alexander's books in a while, but certainly there's he there's a lot of lot in there about um, you know our sort of almost like the evolution of man getting to a higher plane and all that sort of stuff, right? Yes, which, I would, which I would, is I would which is man by mind evolution right, of right, mind, right? Uh, we reach an intellectual state where we should be able to direct our, our organism and uh, we still are directed by our feelings, by our uh, direct cognition of things, which is completely uh, untrustworthy and doesn't give the architect the means to create something out of habit. So, Alexander is quite clearly saying that we are at a point where there is an evolution of mind, of the, uh, the 
conscious directive agent. How would the, does this relate? Do you think to the famous, uh, perhaps um, legendary uh, question that Alexander was asked at some point, which was, "Does there come a point when you no longer need to direct?" And, oh yeah. And Alexander uh, is reported to have said yes. But when you get to that point, you won't want to not direct. Um, Something fact, like that. I think the answer was a bit different. But to my knowledge, it was, uh, I know I could, but I dare not. Dare not. He used that word, dare not. Yes. Now, why do you think he used the word dare not? Does that relate to back to Del, Sor- Del Sartre's well, th- to me, thinking yes, on it this? Does. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like it because it means that uh, when you have found uh, a correct compass to direct your travel, mm-hmm. why would you want to trust what you feel? It's, it, you dare not. It's not fear. Yes? It's, uh, it's a reasoning uh, answer. Mm-hmm. I, I, right. I w- why would I? Right. Well, of course, someone could get to the point where everything seemed to be going perfectly without any conscious guidance, but that's always a slightly precarious situation. Some some event might occur that would knock that off a bit, right? Oh yeah. So so as you so you might be a, you know, might have a great intuitive sense of direction, but it doesn't mean you're you're not going to take your uh, uh, GPS system with you. Yes, you know. In fact, you have to understand that when you when we are talking about construction of a structure, uh, we are talking about a system that is so complex Mm -hmm. that uh, uh, no way can we really imagine. uh, Well, depending on sensory guidance, in order to in fact uh, overcome every single situation. Remember that Alexander is quite clear about this. He says that the the instinct or the sense system is quite is well appropriate when nothing changes right. for centuries right. then you you for example if you could put your hands on a pupil for decades mm-hmm. for un, well let's say 50 years mm-hmm. every single day you might expect that uh, in a very controlled situation, for example, in sit to stand and stand to sit, the the the, the agent, which is would would not be a real agent to me, a real subject, but somebody that is uh, under your influence, would uh, well stand and sit in the correct manner. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but we haven't got we haven't got fifty years. We haven't got a, a pupil all day. That is why it is necessary to teach and not to drill. So mm-hmm. Alexander mm-hmm. was very clear about that. Um, and at the same time, he decided one day to, to make a lot of money by uh, doing hands-on. That's my idea. Yeah, so, and we, we, I think we want to get to that in our little summary of Alexander uh, and Del Sartre. But um, in terms of the, the hidden uh, Del Sartre, have we, we're kind of at the end of our time. Is this a good place to end this conversation? Yes, just by opening it to something else that is coming, well, I hope coming, this summer. Coming 
shortly. Like, yeah, shortly. Yeah. It's the fact that Delsart is, uh, has got um, um, a deconstruction uh, tool in order to get to the signification of complex sentences. That has not been explored, I think, by anyone on the Del Sartean front, and uh, even less on the Alexander uh, uh, community. Right. But I think it's very necessary nowadays because uh, I, I, I look everywhere and I see very, very little discussion about Alexander's words. And right. uh, I think that is so because we haven't got, at the moment, a tool that will give us a compass in order to, uh, well, understand what his sentences are saying and, more importantly, what they are not saying. Right. And that's what you're going to, that's the project you're going to undertake. Yes. It's going to be a series, I believe, of videos, right? YouTube videos. Yes, exactly. And you're going to take a sentence or two and spend a half an hour on them. Yes, and, and that's, that's a new meeting between Alexander and Delsart because absolutely. Alexander never taught about, about this. Right. It's only in Delsart that I found it. And uh, yes, Delsart is going to bring some more light. But you're you're, you're going to use Delsart's methodology to bring out the Delsart influence on Alexander. But not only among other things yes, among, among other things just right. first of all to create um, a tool i think it's very important to talk about means whereby mm. what are the means whereby one can understand alexander's writings i think it's very very important nowadays so yes that's uh, that's the idea well if sometimes uh, i can bring the influence of this out forward i will not uh, be shy. I will certainly right. do it. But it's not the, the big project. The big project is to use the means whereby Del Sart has given us in order to, in fact, create an understand, a new understanding, a very, very precise understanding of the text of Alexander. But, well, uh, I think that it's more than enough. You, you, yeah. We don't need yeah. to bring Del Sart more into that. Okay, perfect. This is, let's, let's end our, this podcast here. Um, my my guest today has been Jean Doe, Masaero, an Alexander Technique teacher in Montpellier, France. Jean Doe, thank you. Well, thank you very much.